Luke 22, verses 39 through 46. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down, and prayed. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he rose from prayer and went back to the disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping? he asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Luke 22, 47 through 53. While he was still speaking, a crowd came up, and the man who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, No more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priest, the officer of the temple guard, and the elders who came for him, Am I leading a rebellion that you have come with swords and clubs? Every day I was with you in the temple courts, and you did not lay a hand on me. But this is your hour when darkness reigns. This is Luke chapter 22, verse 54 through 62. Then seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. But when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked at him closely and said, This man was with him, but he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw him and said, You are also one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. About an hour later, another asserted, Certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, Man, I do not know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Luke 22, verse 63, through Luke 23, verse 25. Now the men who were holding Jesus in custody were mocking him as they beat him. They also blindfolded him and kept asking him, Prophesy, who is it that struck you? And they said many other things against him, blaspheming him. When day came, the assembly of the elders of the people gathered together both chief priests and scribes. And they led him away to their council, and they said, If you are the Christ, tell us. But he said to them, If I tell you, 
you will not believe, and if I ask you, you will not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man shall be seated at the right hand of the power of God. So they all said, Are you the Son of God then? He said to them, You say that I am. Then they said, What further testimony do we need? We have heard it ourselves from his own lips. Then the whole company of them arose and brought him before Pilate, and they began to accuse him, saying, We found this man misleading our nation and forbidding us to give tribute to Caesar, and saying that he himself is Christ, a king. And Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him, You have said so. Then Pilate said to the chief priests in the crowds, I find no guilt in this man. But they were urgent, saying, He stirs up the people, teaching throughout all Judea, from Galilee, even to this place. When Pilate heard this, he asked whether the man was a Galilean. And when he learned that he belonged to Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him over to Herod, who was himself in Jerusalem at that time. When Herod saw Jesus, he was very glad, for he had long desired to see him because he had heard about him and he was hoping to see some sign done by him. So he questioned him at some length, but he made no answer. The chief priests and the scribes stood by vehemently accusing him, and Herod with his soldiers treated him with contempt and mocked him. Then arraying him in splendid clothing, he sent him back to Pilate. And Herod and Pilate became friends with each other that very day, but before this day, they had been at enmity with each other. Pilate then called together the chief priests and the rulers and the people and said to them, you brought me this man as one who was misleading the people. And after examining him before you, behold, I did not find this man guilty of any of your charges against him. Neither did Herod, for he sent him back to us. Look, nothing deserving death has been done by him. I will therefore punish and release him. But they all cried out together, Away with this man and release to us Barabbas, a man who had been thrown into prison for an insurrection started in the city and for murder. Pilate addressed them once more, desiring to release Jesus. But they kept shouting, Crucify, crucify him. A third time he said to them, Why, what evil has he done? I have found in him no guilt deserving death. I will therefore punish and release him. But they were urgent, demanding with loud cries that he should be crucified, and their voices prevailed. So Pilate decided that their demand should be granted. He released the man who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder, for whom they had asked, but he delivered Jesus over to their will. Luke 23, 26 through 31. As they led him away, they seized Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way in from the country, and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for him. Jesus turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. For the time will come when you will say, Blessed are the barren women, the wombs that never bore, and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. 
For if men do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? Today's reading is from Luke 23, verses 32 through 43. Two other men, both criminals, were led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was written a notice above him, which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Luke 23, 44-49 It was now about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour, while the sun's light failed. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Now when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God, saying, Certainly this man was innocent. And all the crowds that had assembled for this spectacle, when they saw what had had taken place, returned home, beating their breasts. And all his acquaintances and all the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance, watching these things. There was a good and righteous man named Joseph, a member of the Sanhedrin, who had not agreed with their plan and action. He was from Arimathea, a Judean town, and was looking forward to the kingdom of God. He approached Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Taking it down, he wrapped it in fine linen and placed it in a tomb cut into the rock where no one had ever been placed. It was the preparation day, and the Sabbath was about to begin. The women who had been with him from Galilee followed along and observed the tomb and how his body was placed. Then they returned and prepared spices and perfumes, and they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. Let us pray. Lord God, as we reflect on your word and as we meditate together this holy week, we pray that you would meet us in scripture, that you wouldn't just have this be a book Uh, written long ago, but that you would have this apply to us today, right now, as we live. Lord, I just pray that you would use uh, the words from my lips to reach uh, into people's hearts in a way that you only can. Uh, And Lord, we give this time to you, and we ask that you would meet us in a special way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as I was thinking about Good Friday and thinking about what to share, Uh, One thing kept coming to mind, and that was uh, just a few years ago, 
Uh, I wrote a, I don't know if you want to call it a poem or kind of a spoken word uh, kind of meditation on Good Friday uh, that I thought I would just share with you all um, as, as the message this week. It starts with a reading from John chapter 19, verses 28 through 30. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished, and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there. So they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on the stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. It is finished. What had begun at the very start of Scripture was accomplished in this moment. In Genesis chapter 1, at the creation of the world, there was a beautiful sight. God and his crowning achievement, humanity, were living in perfect harmony. Nothing keeps them apart. But by the time we reach chapter 3, it all comes crashing down. Enter Satan, the deceiver in the form of a serpent. Humanity is convinced to rebel against God. They turn their back on God and their rebellion binds them to a new Lord, a new king of their lives, sin itself. And while humanity is bound to sin, there can never be perfect harmony with God. For God is a holy God full of righteousness, purity, and love. From this moment on, the story of humanity is one of struggle, one of sin and greed. A story of despair and striving. A story of seeking after God, but then just as easily turning their back on Him. Sin's talons have dug deep. Humanity has been chained to sin, and no matter how they struggle, they cannot free themselves. But God doesn't write off humanity, no. God loves his creation and desires to fix this broken relationship himself. A plan is put into place. Adam and Eve are told of the one who will come and will crush the head of the snake. Abraham is told of a descendant of his who will be a blessing to all nations. And King David is told that a descendant of his will sit on the throne forever. And Jesus enters the world. Jesus, the highest of kings, born in a lowly manger. 
Jesus, the one who gathers others around himself from all corners of society to create a new people. Jesus, the one who performed countless miracles with power and with authority. Jesus, who did not come for the healthy, but for the sick. Jesus, the Son of God, fully human and fully God. Jesus, the one who, unlike Adam and Eve, resisted his temptation in the wilderness. Jesus, the promised descendant of Abraham and Sarah, who truly will be the blessing to all nations. The true king, the true prophet, the one who entered Jerusalem just a few days ago on a carpet of palm branches to the shouts of Hosanna. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. But what the crowds didn't know was that he was not entering Jerusalem as a conquering king, but rather as the true Passover lamb. He was betrayed. He was arrested. He was put on trial. He was beaten. He was mocked. He was stripped of his clothing. And he was abandoned by those closest to him. Right now, it is Good Friday. Right now, he is on the cross. Right now, he is suffering. But at its completion, he will say it is finished. Satan is finished. The deceiver is finished. The talons that have dug deep are broken. The chains have been shattered It is finished. It is finished. Humanity has been restored, no longer tied to the sin that separated them from a holy God, but free to enter into a right relationship with God, a relationship that will last forever. It is finished. Let's pray. Lord God, we come before you humble. We come before you in desperate need of a Savior, one who would take our place for everything that we deserve. Lord God, we are broken people. We are people that pull away from you. We are people who live lives often far from you in thought in word and in deed, by what we do and by what we leave undone. Lord, we are broken and we are sinful people, but we are people with a Savior. Lord, we just pray that the rest of this weekend, leading up to Easter, that you would let these moments sit with us. That you would give us time to be still time to reflect on you, and time to reflect on Jesus and what he has done for us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.